We are joined today on the latest episode of Viking Voices, the Western Washington University Athletics Podcast. We've got head men's and women's golf coach Luke Bennett joining us. Luke, welcome to the podcast. Jeff, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me, man. We've had a lot of fun with these. We're going to have a lot of fun today talking about all things uh, Western golf and Whatcom County and a lot about the program. But first, tell us about uh, Luke Bennett, some of which we already know, but tell our audience where you're from. I think, uh, I think there'll be a little bit of a local boy uh, angle here, but high school, college, where you grew up. Yeah, you, uh, you know, I'm about as local as they get, right? Um, been living in Bellingham since 1990 with my family. Um, went to Seahome High School and then uh, didn't want to leave the area, so I went across the street and played golf at Western. So, but I uh, love the area, love Bellingham, love Western. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm very humbled and honored to coach a team that I was fortunate enough to play for. So it's been kind of like a – I never – I guess I would never have seen myself as being a college golf coach, but I'm absolutely loving that I've been doing it for as long as I have and for the team that I care most about. Yeah, you are a Viking through and through. You had an All-American career here, and uh, now you're the head coach of the men's and women's program. That's uh, You've been coaching the men for the last – this is your eighth year. This is your, kind of your third year doing both programs. But uh, talk about how special it is for you to coach your alma mater. You, you briefly touched on that, and uh, – you know, you had a standout career as a player, and uh, but now you are leading this program. Talk about how what that what that's like. Yeah, you know when you know, I would say when you're in high school, right? If you want to play a collegiate sport, the ultimate goal is to play at some collegiate level, right? And Western reading the papers when I was in high school was always one of the top teams, uh, not just in the area but in the country, um, because of Steve Card and the players he was able to bring in and. So for me, it was like a dream situation to go to a, a contending NCAA institution that had a great schedule. Um, now for me being able to coach the team, it's like, this is amazing, right? It's, uh, it's only made, I would even say my college experience as a player that much sweeter, right? Yeah. So it's, um, you know, I, it's, it's, it's a wonderful opportunity and I love every minute of it. And I'm, I'm, I love working with the young men and women that I'm able to recruit because my hope is like they're not only solid players, but they're really good individuals. And I hope that we, you know, it's kind of almost like I get to pick my friends in a way for life. Um, so that's my hope is that when they leave here, they have a great experience and we continue to be in touch and, you know, uh, get to know each other as we get, as we get old. So. Outstanding. You, you mentioned the name just a second ago, but you're following in some pretty big footsteps of your former head coach and now uh, our athletic director, Steve Card. Um, I'm sure you've heard it before. Uh, people say those are big shoes to fill. Uh, but how special is it to follow a coaching legend and someone that you played under and someone that you got to know so well as a, you know, as a, as a mentor, as a friend, as a, as and you know, just as now as also as your boss. <laughs> totally. No, Steve has been nothing but great. And he's, um, super supportive and he's the moment he even hired me as the coach he's been like Luke this is your team this is your program you have my support but don't feel like you know he's given me complete control which is something you will dream about right from your your boss and you know he you know there you talk about someone who I've always admired and looked up to I mean the moment I walked in the door in 2002 to play golf for him I was like man this is this is Coach Card, who we call DOS. Um, he had a, a variety of nicknames, and to this day, we still use at least the group of guys I played with the nicknames just 
but it's a sign of respect. Like we have so much respect and um, admiration for the gentleman, for, for him. Right. And he gave us, I guess he just gave us total like trust and commitment, right. To let us kind of do our, our thing. He was there when we needed them, but he didn't overstep by any means. And I've, it's something I've tried to implement in my coaching too, because that's really how golf is, right? It's very individual. Um, you know, I think definitely trying to do some team stuff, team building, team bonding, a couple team practices is great. But, you know, he really kind of showed me that, you know, if we're out working on something and, you know, let's say who I played with, Chris Anderson, was putting really well. If Coach Card's, let's go putt for two hours, Chris might work himself into a little rut. So he, he understood that, Chris, you didn't need to focus on that. But, Luke, you do kind of thing. So he was – and that's the truth. And I've just tried to give the players as much freedom while still keeping them accountable for what they're doing. And I think he had a great way of motivating us. Um, you know, I, I would like to think that we were already motivated. But he just had those, those little words, these little phrases before we stepped out of the van to just kind of got us, okay, we're playing for – you know, Western, we're playing for the athletic department, we're playing for each other, we're playing for coach. And it, it just kind of, it made things pretty sweet. And so I've definitely tried to take some of the things that I remember him doing and implement them in my coaching situation as well. I think it was 2017, you guys were playing nationals down in Florida. And, uh, and he came with you and he kind of acted as a, almost like an yep. assistant coach. I was going through some photos the other day and I saw, I think he spent most of his rounds with Ethan when he was a freshman. But there's yep. a photo. How, how, how fun was that to look back on? You kind of were coaching with your coach, you know, kind of right. tag teaming it with that group of, of players. You, you remember that at all? I do. Absolutely. You know, at the time I remember approaching the guys, the, the five that were going down there. And I said, what do you guys, we're, we're given the option to bring another coach. And what would you think about bringing in my old coach? And I think every one of them kind of looked at me like, Oh hell yeah. <laughs> like this is, <laughs> this is awesome. So, you know, you know, maybe in an ideal situation, it might have been awesome to have him because it's such a quick turnaround from regionals to nationals. Right. If there was some way to have him at regional, just so he was, if anything, I hope he was comfortable and he did awesome, but it was awesome having him down there. And I felt like it was bringing in, like you talk about, like, I felt like a ringer, right? Yeah. Like it was, it was pretty, it was definitely sweet to have him down there. And um, you know, he, he definitely didn't, you know, he was so respectful of me and the player, but he was there when we needed him. And he spent a lot of time with Ethan. And I think, I think he would like to think also if he were to, he, I told him, I said, I, I go, I'd love for you to hang with Jeff Markham, who was a senior at the time transfer for the last round. And he was texting me throughout the round. Like you wouldn't believe this guy. I mean, Jeff Markham isn't the longest hitter in the world, but the guy was straighter than an arrow, right? And he always put the ball in play. But where some of these players might be hitting a, you know, some of these holes are pretty big. They might be hitting like a six iron in for a par four. Jeff was forced to hit hybrids sometimes. But Jeff was hitting his hybrids and three woods closer than these other players with their irons. And Steve was just over the moon. And that's what Markham always brought to the table as the kid just grinded. He never gave up and he stuck to his game plan. And it kind of goes back to golf being that individual thing. But I think it was, I think that was a pretty sweet moment for Steve just to kind of hang around with Jeff and see like, man, this is, this is pretty cool. So. Well, I don't want to put you on the spot too much, but you got to have a good coach card story from back during your playing days. Is there anything that sticks out in your mind, a a fun story, a a memory? Um, You know, you guys were part of national tournaments, top 25 as a freshman for yourself. 
But was there anything, any fun story about uh, Coach Carr that you can share with us? You know, you know, there's, there's definitely the, the couple that were, um, you know, I, I think I can speak of this. So he, you know, I would say the way Steve was is he was very routine like, right. And he always had a system and you, you basically got thrown into the system right away, which was great. And his system was, he kind of, I would say he would, we'd jump in the van and you'd hear like a little, like a little tapping. And then he'd pop in what I would call as some vitamins <laughs> And then he'd turn on some Bruce Springsteen, right? And like that was, we would go to the golf course listening to Bruce and we would come back to the hotel listening to Bruce. But he always had this routine where it was like his, it was like his fuel as part of his routine. And I think that was something that I will never forget. And I, every once in a while, and it, um, you know, I'll turn on a little Born to Run or Redheaded Woman, something from Bruce's, you know, what Bruce plays, right? For the players, just so they understand like, this goes back beyond, you know, me. Yeah. And um, I always send coach a text because you'll jump in the van and you turn it on and you get that satellite radio and it will say who's playing. And I always send him a message. This is a good sign. You know, if Bruce is on, we know it's going to be a good week for us. Cause <laughs> Steve is uh, pound for pound. One of the biggest Bruce fans you'll find out there. It's kind of fun to kind of fun yeah. to, hear to talk about those. Um, yeah. As a player, you were part of a number of national tournament teams. I think you finished ninth twice during your career. Um, what were some of the memories you have of those national tournaments? A, a great note for those listening is that the Viking men have advanced to the NCAA regionals, I believe in 21 consecutive years, last year's tournament was canceled. Um, and a number of those years they advanced past the West regional, which is a ridiculously tough thing to do. What were some of your memories of those national tournaments, uh, you know, representing the Vikings on the national stage? Oh man, it was, it's, it's the best, right? If you are a student athlete and you get to go to postseason, regionals is awesome. If you get to go to nationals, it's something very special, right? You're playing a championship golf course, not just a championship, but it's a really good golf course too. Right. And you're playing against the best of the best. And, you know, I was, for me, you know, growing up in the area, I was reading about Bo Stefan and Jamie Kim and Craig Welty, who were the players before me that were going to these national championships. And so when I came in, I was like, okay, this is just what Western does. And I was fortunate enough to play with Josh Amordino and Tim Feenstra, John Richer, like these Chris Anderson, like these guys, Sean Packer, that it was just kind of like, this is what, this is what we're able to do. Like there was complete trust and commitment. Like this is our plan. And so to be able to go to those national championships is, is phenomenal, right? Like it's, it's a treat. The, the courses you get to play are awesome. Um, I vividly remember my freshman one uh, very well. Is at Crosswater down in Oregon, and I had never played the golf course before, but I would tell you right now it's one of my top five courses of all time. I love it. Um, we got to stay in like a cool little cabin on one of the sister courses there, and it's just like another way of bonding with your, your teammates, right? Like you're doing it all year long, but then all of a sudden it was like, man, we had our own little house on the golf course in a way. And you're hanging out like that was phenomenal. The other one was my junior year, um, Savannah Harbor down in Georgia, which I had never been down there. And we stayed at this hotel. I think it was the Hilton or the Marriott. And it's literally across the, the channel or canal from downtown Savannah. And like there's giant taker, tankers going in between us. But we could take a little taxi boat, like a two-minute ride over in between rounds. Like it was – you talk about an – an incredible location and, and opportunity. It was pretty, 
those two ones really stick out in my mind. So yeah, talk about a great student athlete experience as a young man, huh? Oh man, it's the best. During your college career, um, you had to have a rival, whether it be a team in the West region, um, or an individual or heck, we didn't even throw out a teammate. Did you have a, <laughs> did you ever have a, a, a collegiate rival that you would uh, kind of have a marking for? You know, it, it seemed like when I played, um, it seemed like Cal State Bakersfield, who I don't even know if they have a golf program anymore. I know they've gone through some ups and downs. They were really strong. And I remember they, it seemed like whenever we played against them, they had these guys that were bigger, stronger. Like the team I was on wasn't overly impressive in physical size. I mean, we had myself and who's a, a you know, a, a stout five. Five eight, um, and Chris Anderson, who wasn't big. Tim Feenster was always pretty lean. Our biggest player was John Richer, who was I think he's might be six two, one hundred ninety pounds. But we were playing against Bakersfield, who had like these guys that I swear were all six two, two hundred some pounds, and they hit the ball forever, right? And it was pretty awesome, kind of going toe to toe with some of those guys. I mean, I remember the players still, and a few of them I'm still in touch with. And it was definitely a rivalry, but it was, there was also, you know, some, there was definitely respect between the two teams. Right. Um, as far as like an individual, I, I don't know if there were individuals on the other teams that, you know, you, you wanted to, to, to battle against I mean, It was basically all of them. Right. One player I would say in particular that I would, you know, I would say two, a couple of them for sure. Um, Tim Feenster is such a great player to this day. Right. he, you just, if you can get a piece of him, right. Or if you can, if you're up there competing with him toe to toe, some pretty great things. So that was always a goal of mine. And I did it, you know, I tried to do it in high school and he would always edge me out there and I followed him here to Western. And then someone who just kept me super honest was my buddy, John Richer. And he was, you talk about a guy who from a discipline standpoint, like in a time management, like there's someone I looked up to, like he always, was keeping tabs on me, making sure I was working my butt off, you know, just doing those things that it was definitely, I don't know if it was a if rivalry is a good word, but he was a guy who was super helpful. Um, and just my college experience in my career. So those two for sure. Nice, you guys have also formed a rivalry a little bit now in the GNAC. Uh, talk about some of those teams that you guys go toe to toe with Simon Frazier, um, oh, for sure. state in the West region, Monterey. It's a good region, but in the GNAC, talk about that rivalry that's been going on between you and uh, Simon Frazier. Yeah, for sure. Right now, and it's on both sides too, men and women. I mean, it's um, Simon Frazier, Matt up at Simon Frazier's done a, you know, a wonderful job with his programs up there. Nothing, nothing but respect for those guys and um, for him and his program. Like they've, John Buchanan, former coach, passed away a couple of years ago. Did a very good job, and and Matt's only taking what he kind of started and. Matt's definitely brought a, a really disciplined look to their team, and he's brought in some great players. I think being that they are the only NCAA school up in Canada is a big recruiting aspect, and there's some great players north of the border. Um, and Matt's just kind of he's, – he's getting the best out of a lot of those guys, right, and, and girls too. And, it's, you know, we're just basically – I know if we are able to con compete with Simon Fraser, we can compete with kind of anybody in the country right now because – he's put together a great program. So it's, it's, it's a, definitely a fun little rivalry. Yeah. Um, talk a little bit about, um, you know, you still play, you still play in the Northwest. You teach at Bellingham golf and country club. Um, yeah. You know, talk about what you did after college in between the coaching stints, 
some of the places you've been a pro at. Just kind of update us on you still playing tournaments um, around the Northwest. What, what have you been up to in, in, your, in your golf career? Sure. Um, you know, after going to school at Western, basically I, I knew golf was something I still loved a lot. So I kind of just jumped headfirst into the PGA program. Right. And it's, you know, I kind of call it the grad school of golf. <laughs> um, basically it's like a, it's a, it's a, a kind of a two to a six year program, as long as you don't procrastinate too much and you get your PGA certification. Right. So I jumped in and did that. I worked at a handful of golf courses in the area. Um, started at Lake Patton. Then I went out to Simiamu and was an assistant pro out there for a number of years. And then the amount that I started teaching the members out of Simiamu, uh, it really got me into teaching and, and helping people. And it's something that I really have kind of fallen in love with. And it just, it just happens to work out great for coaching golf, right? Like it's, to me, coaching college athletes are, is like the next best thing or, the, or even better because you're playing you're working with players that have a passion for golf, right? Like if you're giving a lesson to someone, yeah, they want to get better and I want to help them. But time-wise, who knows? They may not have the time to work on their game where these college players, like they're able to work on it a lot. So it's cool to see them kind of progress and whatnot. So it's been a, a great kind of mix to go from these different golf courses and get into teaching, um, you know, since I've been, since I played at Western. And you still play a little bit, right? You still play in some yeah. tournaments here and there. What, what's been your yeah. favorite kind of uh, tournament on the uh, North Pacific Northwest golf tour? Kind of the circuit? Yeah. You know, I think, I think anybody would say this too. Like we, our section has four tournaments a year. Um, there's the Washington open, the Oregon open, there's a Rose hours tournament over in Spokane and the Northwest open, which is in wine at wine Valley and Walla Walla. But if you become a PGA member, like a class A professional, which I am now, uh, you get to play in our section championship. And that's always in late September. The bummer part for me is it's typically the week or the week of our first event of the year. So I have to either, I think I've actually haven't played in it hardly at all for the last four or five years, maybe once. Um, but that's always our section championships, always the sweetest tournament for me, because if you play well there, you get to go to the national club pro. Now this year, because of the season and everything, I was able to sneak away. I went, I just got back from Montana last week and got to go play in it again. And I think I finished tied for 14th and it was a solid, you know, every round was par or better for me. So I'm always happy with that, but that's, you know, you're playing the guys that are even in our section, like there are some phenomenal players that, you know, they have, I would say similar passions with teaching and coaching and are running the golf course, but you know, I wouldn't be surprised if a few of them could make it out there, you know, on one of the tours. I mean, there's enough talent. It's just priorities, right? So um, it's fun to go out and compete against those guys. Like there's some, definitely some former great division one players that are in the mix in our section. And it's fun to just to go out there and throw your hat in the ring with those guys. We've been catching up with some of your players on both the men's and women's team about what's, what's in their golf bag. We've been having some fun with that. Tell us a little bit about what, what, what's in Luke Bennett's golf bag. What do you swing in, uh, woods irons and putter you bet um so i've been you know lucky enough to be on staff with titleist for a handful of years so my bag is basically just stocked with titleist golf clubs i got a titleist driver and three wood um i've got a driving iron that i absolutely love and then i i actually had just got new irons and that some of the players have been giving me a hard time about it i've played kind of a blade which is kind of a club that's harder for folks to hit throughout my college career and until now and 
it wasn't so much that I was losing distance on my good shots, but on my bad shots, I would lose a lot of distance. <laughs> so I recently, about a month a month ago, I bought a new set or I got a new set from Titleist that um, it's a little bit more forgiving, a little bit stronger lofts. And all of a sudden the ball goes higher, further, and my misses are way better. So I think it definitely helped with my play over in Montana, which was great. But I'm excited to kind of go out there and play with the players just to see how I am toe to toe because you know, it's hard to check your ego at the door, but when you go out there and, you know, you're hitting a seven iron where these players are hitting a nine iron, it's like, come on, like, what's going on? <laughs> so, and what, what putter are you using? You have a favorite putter? I use a, I use a, a Titleist Scotty Cameron putter. Like they've, they've made great putters forever. And uh, I, I have mixed it up a little bit. I've played a blade putter for a long time. And then uh, this summer I tried some, a new look and I went to more of a mallet. That's a Scotty Cameron. And it's, um, it's been great. Awesome. Do you have a memorable round that you've had uh, post-career during your collegiate career that you just think about and go, man, if I could bottle that one up. And if so, you know, what, what was the kind of, what was the round and where'd you play? So yeah, for sure. Um, it's, so I was, I was able to shoot 64 in the second round of our, of the Cal state Bakersfield invitational uh, my junior year. And it kind of led to me, winning the golf tournament, which was phenomenal. But that round of 64 is something I'll never forget. Um, just everything. Like, number one, I stepped on the golf course. I absolutely love the golf course. So I had a good feeling. But it was kind of one of those ones where, it, like, you kind of almost, like, I don't want to say black out, but you kind of blank out because you're just in such a zone where all you're seeing is the lie looks perfect. Even if it wasn't, you're kind of tricking yourself. And then, like, I don't care if there's a bunker there. I'm going to hit it at the flag and you hit it close. You make a putt. I think I had on the scorecard, I think I had a stretch of four birdies in a row and then a stretch of five birdies in a row. So that was pretty awesome. And that, you know, the, the sweet spot uh, part for me too with that was the team went on to win the tournament, which was phenomenal to beat Bakersfield on their home track and everything. But I had really good friends. Like we had some, we have great supporters in, um, Pat and Gary Bland, who are local uh, members of the country club, but they would drive around and watch us play in tournaments. And they drove all the way down to Bakersfield to watch us play golf. And they caught me on like the second hole of the after of that. It was an afternoon round, was, uh, the second round of 36. And I think at one point, Steve Card came around and was like, Hey, how's Luke doing? And Gary looks at Steve's like, well, he's just buried the last two holes. And uh, Steve looked at him and goes, don't leave him. And they hung with me the entire round. <laughs> and, and, you know, to this day, they'll still, you know, um, we lost Gary a few years ago, which was heartbreaking, but I'll see Pat often and she'll still bring it up. And it's, it was definitely uh, a moment and a time I'll never forget. You know, that's a big part of Viking golf is the tradition, um, both being a player and now a coach. How much do you try and convey that to the current team of, you know, you're following who you're following and, how much you can learn. I know you've been lucky to have, you know, on, on the men's side, Craig and Craig Welty and Jake Copenberg and, you know, Willie Scolden and a bunch of players come back and be kind of assistant coaches. And on the women's side, you know, Katya Trigg, who Katya Parrish now um, is, is around. And you've always had that tradition kind of carried mm -hmm. down. But how important is it for you to convey to the players what that alumni have meant to this program? Yeah, I think it's huge. I think it's huge for the success of the program. I know it was huge for me when I played. And, um, you know, I try to tell the guys, like, there's so many great alumni in our area. And we've been fortunate enough, for sure, with Craig Welty, um, Jake Copenberg. Now, Katja Paris is, like, 
you talk about bringing in a ringer. That's crazy. Um, but like, I think because of their great times at Western and because of, you know, their sheer just passion for Western golf, they want to be involved. Right. I mean, Copenberg is arguably one of the best amateurs in the Pacific Northwest. The guy is just unreal and he plays at the country club, you know, often. And so to be able to, you know, just to, for him to be able to have a casual conversation with a guy, a player in passing has, is huge. Right. And, Craig Welty is a great friend and an, an incredible instructor to have him not too far down the road as a resource, um, I think has been huge. And then now for me to be able to bring in Katja, you know, she basically reached out to me and said, I'm moving back to the area of my family. Would you want any kind of help? And it's like, are you kidding me? Like this is, you talk about a player who's done it at the, you know, the best of, I would say, I think of women's golf at Western. Yeah. I mean, she's done things that are phenomenal. They've had some great players, but you're bringing in someone who's a great person, you know, but then she just got it done. And I think it's going to be huge for the girls that are on the team right now to have her as a resource just to, you know, what was it like for her? How did she do it? And I think Koch is, you know, she's great with speaking and, um, you know, it, it's awesome having them. It's huge. In Whatcom County and Skagit County, you know, we're lucky to be around a lot of great golf courses, and the program has access to a lot of those. How key is that? Maybe not just in, in recruiting, but you know, you're, you're going to play these great golf courses kind of at your disposal, and the support you receive not only from the Bellingham Golf and Country Club, but the other courses in the area. How, how key is that for the program? I think it's gigantic. You know, I think it's it's been huge for recruiting. Um, Bellingham Country Club is, you know, it's a great golf course. We play our invitationals there, you know, every fall basically. Um, and the support we have from the membership and Cameron, the head pro has been great. Um, but I think where we kind of have a, a real, I don't want to say leg up, but it's really, we're really fortunate, right? Like we have basically seven to eight golf courses in Whatcom and Skagit County that have kind of welcomed, welcomed us with open arms. Um, you know, Simiamu has been fantastic. Loomis Trail, who I, you know, I, I, when I have a recruit in, I tell him like, you may not understand how good Loomis Trail is because we actually hosted, I think it was 2007 then or it's six somewhere. Nine, yeah. yeah. Or nine. I can't remember. Sorry. We hosted the national championship there. So it's not only thought as a great golf course amongst us in the Northwest, like it's nationally up there with a great golf course, but you know, Avalon, Sudden Valley, Skagit Country Club, you know, it's, it hosts one of the best high school events in Washington every year. They do a really cool 36-hole event. For us to be able to play those different golf courses, North Bellingham, I mean, it's, you know, it's, the list kind of goes on. It's, it's huge, right? And it's good for the players just in terms of not kind of getting lulled into playing the same course over and over and over. Um, you know, to be able to mix it up with different layouts, different conditions even, Um it's, it's huge for the development as a player and for us to get ready for the tournament we're going to. So it's, um, we're super fortunate. We feel very, very lucky to have these golf courses, and uh, it's, it's great. Yeah, I know when we host our Invitational, I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard that this is their favorite tournament of the year. Yeah. Whether it, whether it be a coach or a player from Dixie State or California, you know, they come up here and they, they see the green, and we often have – knock on wood, pretty good weather, but they, they always say what a treat it is to play the country club. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if we would have had the event this year, I think the weather was perfect again too, right? It's, it's a total bummer, but um, 
you're absolutely right. Numerous coaches, Bellingham's not the longest golf course that we play all year long, but I think because of the big green trees and the fast greens and, and stuff like that, I think the players, players, coaches, they seem to really enjoy it. Right. It's, um, and we're really fortunate to, to, to play it all the time. Well, I got to ask you about a current Viking. Um, you know, Ethan Casto is a all American last year and follows in a long line of all Americans that this program has produced. Uh, personally, I just love watching go out and see him play and hit the ball and move the ball around. And, you know, when he's playing with, you know, now with Cody Roth or Jordan Lee or people, mm-hmm. that around, what's it like to coach a guy like Ethan and just see that raw talent and, uh, just explain to us, you know, what, what, go, what goes into like, his golf game? You know, from the moment Ethan stepped on, on campus, right? Like, and I knew it beforehand. Like, the kid is just a golf nut. Um, he lives and breathes it. It's, uh, it's, it's, you know, and, you know, I would say a lot of my players are very passionate. He just, there's something a little different niche to Ethan, which is, it's, it's infectious, right? It's, you, you, you do, you kind of fall in love with the kid because of how much he loves golf. Right. And as far as talent, like he's, he's got this long skinny build, you know, physically, and he has like this effortless kind of power and he can make the ball go low, go high, move right to left, left to right. Like it's pretty, it's pretty fun to watch. Like the, the only thing I have with Ethan is the young man. And I think his teammates will give him a hard time too about it, is he likes to tinker with his golf equipment. Like he'll go out and win a tournament, which he did last year. And then I'll see him two days later with a new set of irons. He wants to try. <laughs> right. And I, and I get it. Like there's always better, I think is a, a phrase that's being used a lot. Like, uh, you know, the, and, but you know, what if we just got better with the stuff we have? Cause you're just doing stuff pretty awesome right now. But you know, it's, I feel like it's kind of, he almost does it just to kind of get me going. I think just to, you know, maybe have me grow a couple of gray hairs in the beard or something. I don't know. But, um, he's a talented player. I know the teammates love him. Um, to have him coming back as a fifth year is gigantic, right? It's, um, what he did last year. He was the first all American I've been fortunate enough to coach. And statistically he did some phenomenal things up there with some of the best, like uh, Tim Pinkstra and Jake Copenberg, right? Like it's, he, he, it's awesome. So if he can build on what he did last year, that's the, that's the goal. Cause I know he wants to play golf beyond college someday, um, and that's kind of what our plan is this year is we're going to use this year for him as, you know, this is kind of a stepping stone for the next step, right? Like it's, um, you did some great stuff last year. Let's see if we can keep it going. Yeah. And, you know, he's been part of some pretty good teams to be a part of and to be surrounded by guys like Brody Bonfilio and Jordan Lee and, you know, yeah. the, the group from 2018-19 with Cody and, and Nick, yep. uh, he's been surrounded by a good nucleus, whereas a team you guys have fared very well. And like I mentioned earlier, every year that the Western has been part of the NCAA level, they've advanced to the regionals. I mean, that's, that's, not, a, that's not an error in what I'm saying. Every year that the Western Washington University has been part of the NCAA level, which goes back to 1998-99, yeah. the Vikings have been part of the regionals. That's and, wild. And, 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 you know, the women's team has gone a, a handful of times and, and gone to nationals when, when Bo Steffen was leading the charge. But you ever think about that? I mean, I know we can call it the streak and we don't want to jinx anything, but um, that's just a testament to the strength of what has been built and what has been carried on. And it's, it's pretty darn cool. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, it, you know, I, I don't want to ever take it for granted by any means. Right. And I feel like as a player, it was just what we kind of, we just knew this is what we do. Right. And this is, it wasn't like there was extra pressure by any means. It was just like, this is what the team's you're, 
if you're, if you're fortunate enough to be recruited by Steve and I feel like I try to tell the players when I bring them in, it's because I believe in them and I've seen them do great things that they can play on this level and, and do great things. So you don't need to do anything crazy. It's just like, this is, this is, you know, this is the program. This is what Steve built. This is what I'm trying to keep, to, to keep going. Um, it's a phenomenal streak. I feel like, honestly, I probably think about it more now as a coach than I ever did as a player, just because I don't want it to end. But, you know, things happen, and that's why I feel like we try to if – we, if we do our thing and we just play not even just one tournament at a time, but one round at a time, like kind of – like that's kind of the cliche or that's what you need to do. But it's true, right? We can't get ahead of ourselves, right? If I start freaking out and thinking, oh, my gosh, we have three events to go and we're on the outside looking in, the players are going to see me doing that, right? They're going to – even if I try to stay as stone cold face as I can or whatever, they'll see it. Right. But so that's why we, we talk a lot about in the moment doing, you know, sticking to their game plan, trusting their game plan, not trying to do anything, you know, special, um, special things will happen because these kids are talented. Right. And so trying to keep it going, Bo, you know, when he was coaching, man, he did some great things on the women's team and I'm just trying to, to keep that going. I know he went to nationals a lot. Um, with teams and individuals and Katja was a part of that. So having her here is huge, right? She has that experience and the know-how of what, what it takes to get there. You know, he is Steve Ambo, big shoes to fill and I'm honored and fortunate enough to, to be the one to do so, but they are, they're a bit. Now you're a family guy, you know, grew up in Whatcom County. Um, you're always playing with your dad and you know, you're, you're, you got two, two little ones. Um, you ever see the day where you want to get them out on the golf course, you put golf clubs in their hands. What's, what's that been like, you know, you're around, you're around the golf course a lot um, as a dad. What, what's your goal there? Do you want to get them into the game or is it going to be their choice? You know, I, I really hope they get into the game, like to the extent, like how much, I don't know. Right. But I hope that I want it to be fun. Like my dad and my mom were fortunate enough to give me the opportunity to play and I fell in love with it. Um, so working at the Bellingham Country Club now too, teaching out there, like the kids are able to go out in the evenings with me and we'll, you know, whether it's we just use the push cart because they love pushing the clubs around and they think that's one of the coolest things out there or, you know, even if it's just playing one or two holes, hitting a few balls, um, it's been awesome, right? And I, it's kind of surreal to kind of, it's kind of come full circle, right? And now my dad's a member out there, so he'll come out and help. I try to let, you know, grandpa do the teaching, um, you <laughs> know, but if grandpa, Deacon, right. right. Oh, totally. Right. If, but if Deacon and Farrah want to go out there, you know, drop everything, let's go. You bet. So, but uh, no, sure. There's no pressure. Just want them to enjoy it. And it's a game they'll be able to do forever. Right. So that's, that's the plan. Speaking of that. So uh, I got to ask you what your dream for some, we could even extend it into a five some. Uh, and what course would you play that on? So maybe you and four or three other players and what course you would play on. It's a fun, it's a fun golf question. Man, that's really, that's, it's, you know, I, that's a tough question, Jeff. That's really tough. I mean, there's, <laughs> cause I have feel, I feel like I have so many different avenues, right? Like, Hey, we used to, uh, some of the former players and teammates of mine, we try to get together once in a while. We've been talking recently once, uh, hopefully COVID kind of, we get some good solutions to the situation that we can plan another golf trip with us. Right. Yeah. So it's hard not to, th you know, throw in Bo Stefan, John Richer, Craig Welty, Jamie Kim, you know, Jake Kovenberg. Like that would be awesome. Like I would just, I love playing with those guys. They're some of my best friends. 
it'd be phenomenal. You know, I would say if I had to pick like professional golfers, right. That are maybe on tour. Um, I'd love to play with Lee Trevino. I'd love to play with Ben Hogan. And, you know, I, I think it'd be awesome to play just because he seems like a very down to earth guy, Xander Shoffley. He, you know, he's fun to watch. Um, you know, if I threw one more player in the mix, it'd be hard not to say Tiger just to see what it's like. Right. I mean, the guy's done probably more, he's done more for golf probably than anybody. I know Jack Nicholas was huge and all those, those guys back then, but he's kind of Tiger's known bigger, known more than just golf. Right. Like he's, it's huge. Right. So it'd be hard not to throw him in the mix, but yeah, I, I feel like Lee Trevino, the stories I hear and I love just his work ethic Xander Shoffley is like a current player. I really enjoy watching. Um, it's pretty awesome. And Hogan, like I've in high school, I love to draw. I was, I did a lot of art in, in high school and I would draw. I was known as someone who would, Oh, he's the one that drew the charcoal picture of Ben Hogan. Like that's, so it's, you know, I read all of his books. Uh, he'd be another one, right? Did you, so. was it the follow through the, the iron on Ben Hogan? Is that? Yep. Yep. You still have it. I do. I do. Oh, I still we got, have we got to see that. We got to share that with people that are listening. We take a photo of it and send it to us. You got it. You got it. But yeah, it's tough, man. It's, I really do miss um, playing with my former teammates though. Right. And my, my good buddies that even if they're not former teammates, alumni. So like Welty and Richer and Stefan, like Feenstra, you, you, it's tough not to pick those guys. Right. It'd be a blast just to hang out and be with them. Well, do you have a course that you'd want to play it on? I know some people say Pebble, some people say Cypress. Do you have a favorite course? You know, it's funny you, you ask only because um, I would say, I wouldn't even hesitate. I would say Augusta National, right? But I spoke to you recently about uh, drones and video footage, right? And I was looking online and I was able to find a drone video of a course called Pine Valley, which is in New Jersey. Okay. And everybody has always said it's either Augusta or Pine Valley, Augusta or Pine Valley. Augusta looks amazing. And I hope someday to at least go there and see the masters in person, right? Pine Valley, I think, I don't think I could ever even possibly step foot on the place, right? I don't even think it would be allowed. But this video, the, like the holes, I didn't realize how amazing the golf course looks. Like there isn't a golf hole that's the same. It looks extremely hard. Um, but like it just is, it's just pristine, right? So I kind of like this is literally, it was like 24 hours ago. I watched this video. Pine Valley might be the one. And that, that's maybe foolish because Augusta, Pebble, Cypress, like, you can't go wrong, but man, that if people find that video on YouTube of Vine Valley, it's pretty amazing. We'll it's, have to uh, share it. Yeah. One, one, one question I just kind of came up. I know when, uh, when the PGA championship was played this year, it was one of the first events that kind of came back on TV. And so a lot of, a lot of people are tuning in and they're playing at Harding park down in uh, San Francisco. Um, yeah. and that's a tournament that, um, well, the, the Vikings played at that course, Yep. The Bay Area Invitational in 2019. You came back and you had a great final round and you won it. Yeah. Um, how cool was that to see? I know you've seen courses on TV, but to see those guys play on that course on national TV, knowing that what you guys had done uh, basically a year before. I know it was set up right. a little different. Um, yep. But how, how cool was that to kind of, you know, in a time when we're all pining for some action on TV and sports and to turn it on and, you play some totally. of those holes over in your head with Ethan and, and Nick and, and Cody were doing. Absolutely. Right. It was, it, it just, I mean, for me, I felt like it really gave me a really good perspective of what these players are dealing with. Right. Like it was absolutely awesome. Like, and I felt like the way our team played, especially that final round, 
it was pretty special. Conditions weren't great, a little rainy, windy for sure. Um, so it definitely tested our players. And then to see, you know, maybe the teeth a little bigger, a little stronger for the, the best players in the world, you know, the rough's thicker, greens are even firmer, all that stuff. But it was cool to be like, yeah, you know, I remember I watched, you know, Ethan drive that green also, or I watched, you know, guys sit up close there. I watched Michael Butler hole out a, a shot, at least in the practice round. We happened to catch it on video um, of a downhill par four. Nick was able to snag that, which was amazing. Um, it's pretty awesome because, like, I knew, you know, even if they hit it off line there, there was, there's opportunity, right? Because the way the cypress trees are big and they're definitely – uh, in your face, but if you were to miss offline, you could get maybe into another fairway. <laughs> and you saw it from the best players in the world. They did stuff that we did too, right? And they would have to manufacture something. And, you know, I would say that round that Colin Morikawa put together that last round was incredibly special. Like you talk about a flawless round of golf. Like he looked like that, that's cruise control right there. And um, it, it was really cool just to, you know, for the players to be fortunate enough to play a golf course like that is huge. And then, you're absolutely right. A year later, the, the best players in the world are playing at, uh, you know, a major there. It's special. And, you know, as a teaching professional, I'm sure you're going to get this question every once in a while and uh, kind of ad-libbing it here, a little bit here, but U.S. Open champion Bryson DeChambeau, also U.S. amateur champion. He's not a, a newcomer. You know, he went to SMU and he was an NCAA champion. Mm -hmm. Have you, even this short time, you had any people come to you looking to say, I just want to hit the ball long? Kind of like right? Bryson, have you, have you had anyone kind of say, like, I want to follow this pattern? Oh, 100%, right? It's um, absolutely. Like, the guy, um, you know, I think Tiger even said it, and it's hard to argue. Like, the guy works harder than anybody. Right. And you talk about, I mean, I think even in his news conference after he was done, he already had an idea of what he wanted to do next. And I think his next plan was, I'm hitting the ball further, but I want to hit it even farther. So he's going to start using really long drivers or whatever the USGA will allow. Um, you know, it's, it's, I get it from every lesson. I would say they come to me and they go, I want to be more consistent. I want to hit the ball further. Right. So I get it like 100%. And it's, I think I, I think I, I, I jokingly said to the team when we came back, the men's team, I sent him a picture of a bunch of uh, really buff bodybuilders as this is our new team photo. Because we're going to get there. We're going to start doing the, the, the protein shakes three or four times a day. We're working out. We're just going to start cramming food and just get mad. I'm not really. But um, yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, he's definitely – he's a special human being when it comes – you know, it's it's special what he's doing. And it's it's cool to see all his efforts work, right? Like, some people may be like, dude, you're, what, this is kind of nuts. Like, what are you talking about? But it, he's making it work. I mean, he's – he won the he won the U.S. Open. He's you know he's been in the top five numerous times already since we've come back. Like it's a special young man. It's fun to fun to watch, and it definitely gives you a new ideas or new perspective on what how golf can be played. Right? Yeah, I enjoy watching. It. I think it's fun to kind of have a different look, and uh, you know you learn stuff about the game. You know he's one of I believe only two or three players that have ever won the NCAA, the amateur, and the U.S. Open. So it's not like he's just coming onto the party. I mean, this is a established yeah. golfer. That's a lot of fun to watch. And there's a, there's a good group of young golfers too out there because they call Marikawa and a bunch yep. of players that have come out of Oklahoma state and Georgia tech. And it's, yep. it's, it's been a lot of fun to watch. It's yeah. Golf's I feel like golf's in a great spot and you know, golf is, 
is kind of booming right now. I mean, it's, it's, it's something you can do outdoors. It's healthy. It's a nice walk. Um, courses are beautiful, right? It's golf's in a good place. And there's, you know, Bryson's part of a, a young crop. Um, Colin Matthew Wolf is one of those players from Oklahoma state, Victor Hovland, Oklahoma state, Xander Shoffley, who I mentioned earlier. Um, and the crazy thing is there's players that aren't even on the PGA tour full time. There's a young man who's out there, uh, Will Zalatoris, I believe is how you pronounce his name. And he finished, I think, in the top 10 at the U.S. Open, but he's playing on the Corn Ferry Tour, mostly. He's, he'll be on the PGA Tour before we know it. Like, these players, man, they're so disciplined and they're so focused and they have such a deep drive and passion for golf that, you know, it's, it's great for my players to kind of watch and see how hard they're working and see what it takes because – they're taking golf to another level. Like the scores these kids are shooting are phenomenal, right? It's, it's awesome. Well, let's have a little bit of fun here to end this little podcast. We're going to do kind of a lightning round of, of some fun questions. I got to ask okay. you, what's your favorite movie of all time? Oh man. Um, you know, it's hard. That's a tough question. I would recently, I got the kids to watch it too. I watched the movie rad racing. It's a BMX bike oh, yeah. movie from way back when and I loved it when I was a kid and they kind of had revamped it yes. with a little clarity and the kids loved it. There were a couple words I didn't realize were in there as much, but the, uh, we had a blast watching that. So that's kind of one that's in my head right now that we really enjoyed. All right. You got, do you have a favorite golf movie? Oh, you gotta say, I would say Caddyshack, right? Like it's every aspect of it. It's hilarious. It's uh, it's great. And how many times you watch Caddyshack? too probably too many <laughs> right <laughs> is there is there a tv show that you've binged on lately uh netflix hulu uh you know it's been i'm trying to think i feel like man what shows have i watched recently i did watch the second season of hannah i'm kind of into like it's like an action she is like a kind of a, a girl who like became like a special secret agent in a way right um, I watch, I kind of get into those action, you know, somewhat violence and whatnot, those types of shows. So Jack Ryan, my wife and I, we love that one too. So I'm working my way through blacklist and I'm enjoying it. So, oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Let's check that one out. Yeah. So do you have a good luck charm in your golf bag? You know, I, I would say I, not so much, maybe a good luck charm. Um, I would say I have a routine where I have. I've always been someone who likes to collect ball markers um, from golf courses I've played. And typically um, I have actually, I have, I have a, my wife got me a, a special quarter from a long time ago. I like to use that one. It's just a 1964 quarter. Um, so maybe that's my good luck charm, right? I always try to have that with the, you know, three T's in my pocket, but it's kind of a, kind of a routine or a, you know, a, definitely a good luck charm, I would say. Go-to restaurant for you and the family in Bellingham. You know, we're, we're kind of a sucker for Mambo Italiano. Um, we've been going there for quite a long time. And, the, the, you know, when we were able to go there more in person, like the, even the staff would kind of, they, they've seen Deacon kind of grow up. And they may not know us by name, but they would recognize us at least, right? So that's, that always seems to be a nice little go-to spot for their uh, – I'm a big fan of their chicken parmesan. <laughs> Do you have a, a dream vacation spot you want to visit someday? You know, I, it's funny. I love golf, right? Um, 
but I've always wanted to go ski in Colorado. Um, it may not sound huge, but I've heard the snow there is incredible. I've heard it's drier, softer, you know, so, you know, Vail, Colorado, or, uh, you know, or uh, Aspen, I would love to go to one of those resorts and check it out to see what it's like. Awesome. I might be the only one in my family that wants to do it, but I'd love to do it. <laughs> <laughs> what's the, what's been the favorite golf road trip with your team that you've taken? You guys take some of the some, same ones every year, um, yep. go to Idaho for GNX every year. What's, what's been one of your favorite golf road trips? You know, yeah, conference is huge. It is awesome, right? Getting to play the Coeur d'Alene Resort over there is definitely special. It's a beautiful golf course, and the hotel that the players get to stay is right on the lake where they usually get a room with a view of the lake. Uh, rooms are amazing. A few years ago, though, I was able to to kind of um, use spring break as a connection between two events, and we were able to go play down in San Diego, and instead of coming home, uh, the alumni was nice enough to help out, and we were able to fundraise and were able to make a golf week uh, in between San Diego and our tournament in Phoenix. Um, it was just special for me to be down there with six of my players, um, kind of an extended vacation in a sense, right? And that was pretty special. We don't get to, you know, you don't get to do that very often, and um, I'll never forget that for sure. Being able to play San Diego, drive to Phoenix, spend a few days just playing golf with just the guys, having a good time and then get back to work and play in, uh, you know, uh, I think Western New Mexico hosts, hosts the tournament in Palm Valley in uh, Goodyear. So that was fun. So if you, you were able to pack up a van of some of your buddies, Craig, Bo, Tim, and go on a, a guy's golf trip, yep. where, where, where are you headed? Man, um, I think it'd be a blast, honestly. Just if we're driving, I would say let's let's just go to Bandon Dunes, right? I don't say that as like let's just go. It's just because it's we got one of the most amazing resorts on the planet within nine hours, eight hours of here, right? Like it would and they're adding they just added another golf course there, which I haven't played. I would I would love to go down there because it's literally, I mean, you're there with and it's just golf, right? Like the practice area is amazing. They have a couple little short courses. They have a giant putting green that you can have a good time on. And then you got all those golf courses. Um, I think it'd be amazing to spend three, three days a week, <laughs> whatever. Uh, that would be, a, that would be my, that'd be my pick. Awesome. Do you have a favorite sports team that you follow? I gotta be the Seahawks, man. Um, love it. I mean, it's, um, I feel like it's been a number of years I've been a fan of theirs, right? But and then to have us win a Super Bowl a year, a few years ago, and to see what Russell's doing and Bobby's doing on the defense, it's it's pretty awesome. And like even like Pete Carroll, right? Like I mean, I think he might be the oldest coach in the NFL, but you wouldn't think of it by his uh, animations and emotions on the sideline. Like the guy is youthful. <laughs> um, so it's yeah, definitely a Hawks fan. Sure makes Sundays fun in the Northwest. I know that much, especially yeah. now. Um, yeah. Whether you're listening on the radio to Steve Rabel or watching on TV, it's they're a lot of fun to watch, and especially when Russell's cooking. So totally, totally. Uh, you got a you got favorite a golf role model, someone that you pattern. You mentioned Ben Hogan, Lee Trevino earlier. Is there is there someone that you've always followed, maybe from a swing standpoint, or just that's my guy? Yeah, you know, um, you know, golf swings. I feel like there's there's so many pretty ones out there. So yeah, absolutely, Hogan. You know, as uh, would definitely be someone, um, I, you know, as far as like a mentor and someone I've always admired, I looked up to, it's gotta be, you know, Craig Welty and Bo Steffen, right? Like when Bo was an assistant coach for me, when I was at Western, 
but even before then, like I knew Bo as kind of like this in my eyes, at least like a legend in the area as this guy, this beautiful, smooth golf swing, but they hit the ball like a mile. And when I beat him and then now we're really good friends, like it only solidified what I had already thought and hoped, but from a, like a career standpoint, and now he's a great friend too. It's gotta be Craig Welty. I mean, he helped me with my golf game when I played at Western tremendously. Like I was, I was, you know, I worked with an instructor earlier that kind of built my golf swing and I'm forever grateful to that, but he was able to really simplify things for me. My last two years at Western, um, kind of, yeah, probably th- two years and it's stuff we still, follow. he's the guy, he and my dad are the two people I look to the most with, the, you know, golf help. Um, so from a career standpoint, definitely, uh, Craig is, you know, up there. He's the, he's the guy. And, and for those that don't know, Craig, you know, he plays cross-handed, I believe. And yep. he is, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I don't think I'm over speaking. He is one of the premier short game coaches in the nation. Am I correct in saying that? Oh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, if he, his dad was a, it was a special individual, right? Like he was instrumental in golf videoing, um, just a special golf instructor, right? Um, and Craig, you know, that was his dad, right? And Craig has, I would say, developed on top of what his dad has taught him, right? And if you can buy in and, and, and know, understand what Craig simplifies things, he worked with or maybe still, I think he's still praying point a handful of years ago was the best putter in the world. He was uh, working, I know, with Stuart Sink for a long time uh, here a couple of years ago. And Stuart Sink 47 just won a couple of weeks ago, which was phenomenal. Like that's can't be happier to see a guy like that. Like you talk about a, from what it sounds like, from what Craig has told me and from what you see on TV, you talk about a person, right? To see him win. Um, and to know that Craig was a part of that, um, yeah, like he's, he just has a way, his, his uh, demeanor, his personality, and the way he communicates, it's like, can it be kind of that simple? Well, yeah, like don't, and he, 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 he works with what you got, right? And that's what I think those guys on tour that he's worked with has, have really kind of, wow, this is, we're not like recreating the wheel, we're just keeping things pretty simple and making it repeat and making sure little checkpoints are the same every time. And you're able to see the ball go in the hole more and you win more tournaments. <laughs> Heck yeah. Well, I got, I got one more question. That's you may have touched on it earlier, but you're tuning on TV. What's your favorite major to watch and why? Uh, it's, I gotta be the masters. I would say, right. You know, it, it's um, from the moment you turn it on and you listen to the, the intro, the, the intro music, right? Like it kind of gives you chills. It seems like every Sunday they always somehow, even if a player is way ahead, um, I think Rory was way ahead one year and he kind of struggled, which was a bummer because I love that young man too. Um, They always have a way of making that that tournament something special to watch every year, right? It's always something new. Um, The golf course is always – it always looks amazing. And, you know, I'm glad we're going to be able to see it here in about a month. Um, It's good. It'll be interesting to see it in the fall, right? Yeah. Um, it'll be a definitely a di- little different, maybe different weather, but uh, I'm sure it's going to be, course will be amazing. And I'm sure the golf's going to be awesome. Yeah. Well, Luke, thanks for joining us on Viking Voices. We really loved catching up and f- learning more about the program and your playing career and some of the current Vikings on the men's and women's team. Um, we're going to have to get a picture of that Ben Hogan print from you. And uh, yeah. <laughs> we look forward to visiting with you soon. Yeah. Thanks so much, Jeff. This has been great. I really, uh, 
can't thank you enough, man, for all you're doing for our Western athletics and for our golf teams. Um, you and Josh, you guys are phenomenal. So we're lucky to have you guys. And I was honored to be asked to be on this podcast, man. Thank you. All right. Go Vikes. Yes, sir.